The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. I hope you all can hear me. Uh, I got a nice uh, new mic here in the studio, and uh, doesn't sound the same to me, but I hope it sounds the same to you. All right, of course, I'm here in the valley, living like it matters, and uh, been waiting all week. That's what I do. I wait a week to talk to you about sports and uh, of course you know what we're talking about we got to talk I mean we're going to talk some football but right now we're going to talk some basketball <laughs> and uh, you know speaking of talking some basketball the Orlando Magics again last week okay it seems like see I knew that was, there was some change there I don't know what happened if you didn't hear me before uh, let me just let you know of course you listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I've been waiting all week to talk about the Orlando Magic. We're going to talk about some football, but we're going to talk about the Orlando Magic, you know, because last week when I watched the game, and I had commended just all sports, all athletes, uh, in the effort of which they have put forth, in particular in this climate of um, depression. Let's use that word, climate of depression. Uh, sports had been there as, as a relief. You know, it had been to the point whereas, you know, before, uh, you know, everybody was pretty sad, pretty down, but you always had the weekends to look forward to because you were going to get some good sports. And those who had paid their money for a ticket, uh, they got their money's worth. But the Orlando Magics, that first game, no, man, they, uh, they didn't show up. Uh, the game was not such that the people who attended felt as if they got their money's worth. Not even the Laker fans. I mean, they, they couldn't have been happy with that performance. They expected a better game. I will say this. The Magic did a better job this time. But you can't, when you, get, when you have the game there to be won, you got to win it. You just have to win it. You can't give great players. And Kobe Bryant, yes, is a great player. Uh, you can't give great players like Kobe, some of the best to ever play the game, maybe, you know, one of the two best to ever play the game, you can't give him opportunities. You can't give him a chance when you have an opportunity to win the game. At the end of the game, you know, when the game's on the line, uh, great out-of-bounds play, you can't miss, miss shots. And, and so uh, the Magic course are down, you know, they're down 2-0. You know, the Lakers are up, and Kobe does not want to be a part and will not be a part of history, not that kind of history, 
the history that says that I think 90 plus percentage wise uh, of teams that have been up 2-0, they win. <laughs> they win the series. Uh, I don't know if they'll get swept. I don't know if the Magic will get swept. But I doubt it that Kobe Bryant uh, will find himself in a position where he'll be on the wrong side of a piece of history. No, I, I think Kobe will continue in his quest uh, to get that ring. You know, of course, we all know, uh, although he will not say it verbatim, that he, he wants to get this ring without Shaq. He wants to be able to say that he was able to get this ring without Shaq. But I, I think we're perhaps maybe a lot of us could possibly be missing out on the fact is that Kobe may be getting this ring without Shaq. But Kobe's still sitting over there, you know, with Phil Jackson, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game. I mean, that's a piece of history we need to look at, too. I mean, let's, let's, let's not forget that one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in the NBA, in any sports, period, is the person who which is really responsible for getting Kobe back to where he needs to get him back. Put a team together, the chemistry of the team, the flow of the team, the rhythm of the team, just the passion to go out and win ball games and do whatever it takes to do it and to keep them focused. They've been focused since last year, and there's no way in the world that Phil is going to find himself that his record would be tarnished because he would be one of less than, you know, 10% of the coaches, um, you know, who were up 2-0 and in a series and they lose it. Nah. <laughs> Phil does not want to find himself in that part of history. So I, I feel real good about the Lakers, where they are. I feel good about the fact that they'll close the series out. They'll win it. Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it, you know, listen, when it's all said and done, those of us who have played, you know, any level of professional sports will tell you it doesn't make a difference if it's a seven-game series, if it's an NFL playoff. The bottom line is to participate in the championship and win it. doesn't make a difference if it takes you seven games out of a seven-game series or six games out of a seven-game series, or four games out of a seven-game series. That is irrelevant. The relevance is, do you walk home with that ring? That's what it's all about. When it's all said and done, did you get the ring or did you not? So if it takes Kobe seven games or if it takes him four, doesn't make a difference. He's just going to get that ring. And, and, I'm, and I'm happy for him. Uh, the young man's been through a lot. And we all know he's been through a lot. There are, there are many people out there that don't like Kobe Bryant, the person. Although they don't know him, they've heard some things about him. But right now, this is about basketball. Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, is the best basketball player on the planet. <laughs> you know, if you're going to have a basketball team right now, even though he's older, I still think that Kobe Bryant is the best basketball player. If you're going to start a team right now, you still want to have Kobe Bryant on your team. Yeah, there are some younger players out there that's like, oh, you know, for the future. The future is now. The NBA, the future is now. The championship series is being played now. You know, there's another season next year. Next year, if you're thinking about building a team, if Kobe Bryant is available, you better get Kobe Bryant on your team. 
So Kobe Bryant deserves to be called. And he gave it up. Magic gave it up to Kobe. You got to understand. Urban Magic Johnson, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game, gave it up to Kobe. Now, what was amazing to me is, uh, you know, Irvin also told Kobe the kind of respect that Larry Bird has for him. But you know what was amazing to me about that? As Kobe said, that he's never met Larry Bird. Now, Larry, I'm going to say this to you. Yeah, Larry, shout out Larry Bird. Yeah, Larry's listening. Everybody listens to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. What do you mean you didn't know Larry Bird would listen to the show? Larry. Man, show Kobe some respect. I know you're the elder of the two, but that's why the elder, and many times we, we don't do this. We don't do this. And I'm going to tell you, you know, people who play professional sports, all of you, all of us who've ever played this game, take your ego and sat on, sit on it. Sit on that ego. Forget about it. Reach back to these young players. Larry Bird. There should be no reason why Kobe Bryant should be playing in the NBA today and say that he's never met Larry Bird. Larry, put your ego aside. If Kobe's playing in the game someplace, go watch him play. If your team is playing, Kobe, go down, shake his hand and say, Kobe, I appreciate what you've done for this game. That as myself. People like myself, people like Michael Jordan, people like Charles Barkley, you know, have left you with the game and you've taken good care of the game. You've helped sustain the game. Larry, put your ego aside. There's a, there's a great young man who's doing great things for the game of basketball today. Go down and shake his hand and tell him you appreciate what he's doing. You know, he may feel as if, I, you know, he, have, he hasn't met you. But I'm sure you've been in the building where he's been playing at some time, some point in time. Put your ego aside. Go down and say, hey, Kobe, how you doing, man? Really appreciate what you're doing for the game of basketball. It, it, it would be an honor. Like he said, you know, when you played, you know, him living in Philadelphia, you, you know, he didn't necessarily root for you. But he appreciated the way you played the game and, uh, you know, how diligent you were about you wanted a championship, and you were going to do everything it took to get a championship, and you got it. He appreciates that. And he, you know, when it came to basketball, that's the kind of energy that young man plays to the game, brings to the game. So I think Larry Bird, come on. Shout out to Larry Bird. Magic gave it up to him. Magic has sat down, and Magic even said, Magic said, oh, well, you know, that's going to happen. That's, that's got to happen. You know, there's no reason why the greatest basketball player in the world today should sit there and say that he hasn't met one of the other greatest players to ever play the game. And that's that's Larry Bird. So, so Larry, take time out to say hello to Kobe Bryant. He's doing some great things for, for the NBA. And, you know, my time is running down here in this segment, but I'm going to start this, and I'm going to finish it on the other side of the break. But the NBA draft is about to come upon us and I think I've said it before I'll say it again I've got problems with the NBA beyond beyond the problem that I have the fact that I wasn't good enough to play I have a problem with the NBA still 
has not gotten his business right. And it, it's a business. It is a business. NBA, basketball, business. People are employed in your business. If people have the credentials that it takes and they're qualified, they should be hired. I'm going to say this. I'm going to stay on this because the time is getting closer for the draft. And we, we just can't let this go. There should be no reason why a young man cannot play in the NBA just because they are 18 years old. That has nothing to do with it. Just let them play. Shout out, Charlie Sick. Just let me play. Just let them play. Do not continue to prevent these young men from earning a living and having to go across the waters to play basketball. Come on, there's something wrong with that. And we're going to find out what's wrong with that on the other side of the break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. You can give me a call at 888-346-9144. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm going to take a break and I'll be back. You come back too. Yes. I want to be as free as the spirits of those who left. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Pfizer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Right, I'm back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And, uh, of course, I told you that, I, you know, I was. there's a couple of things I said I wasn't going to give up on. And uh, one of them is I hope my man got his job back in Philly. You know, the the guy who, who lost his job because of, uh, I believe, it was all about Facebook. And so I, I haven't given up on that. So I'm going to continue to talk about that until he gets his job back. And I haven't heard that he's got his job back yet. Uh, shout out to G Cobb. G, let me know, man, if he got his job back yet. Because uh, that man deserves to have his, his job back. And there's some, something else that I'm not going to give up on either. And I, I don't know what it is. You know, somebody has once told me recently that there's a systematic way to go about change. And, uh, you know, one thing about it, uh, I don't mind letting you guys know. Hell, man, I, you know, I, I played for somebody years ago uh, in which I was labeled coachable. And and so, therefore, I listen. Uh, I take the good with the bad. I throw out the bad. And I move on with the good. So if there's a systematic way to go about change, I also understand there's a book out there called, which I, you know, did and dabbed in a little bit, and that's The Art of War. And I guess you're supposed to use, when at war, use all your weapons. Uh, this public forum of which I have here, of which I have access to the World Wide Web, it's a tool. And so I'm going to use this tool to systematically go about some changes of which I don't think, from my personal perspective, I don't think they're right. And so I'm systematically going about facilitating the process of making some changes. And one is that, of course, that we all know that in this United States of America, there have been different ways of which various groups of people have been discriminated against. There's racial discrimination. Uh, there is uh, uh, bias based upon what's your sexuality. Uh, and there's also something called uh, age discrimination. And in this particular case, and I may be wrong, I'm going to research it some more, but it's important that we understand that when a young person reaches a certain age, they have the ability to be gainfully employed. And based upon their talent level, they can seek out employment across various industries. Well, you know, sometimes people seek you out. And this is, one, this is one thing about the experience of being a student athlete. And, and I have to say this because there are times when you're involved in sports and you're asked to be a role model, but then many times it's not laid out to you what is the role of which they want you to play. So many times you have to try to figure that out on your own. And sometimes people get it wrong and other times people get it right. But there are many people who play sports at high school, college, and at the professional level, level, and many of those are, are asked by their teammates or chosen by their teammates to lead their team both on the field and on the court and on the ice and off of those places as well. And you, they choose those people because they've seen you at some point in time demonstrate leadership capabilities on the field, on the court, and off the court. And so that doesn't just stop when 
you finish with that game because you're always who you are. You always represent that team in that capacity. You are, if you were a captain of that team, then you're a captain of that team. And you should speak up for that team. And you should speak up for your sport. And I'm speaking up for all sports, in particular for basketball right now. And I'm saying that this age discrimination thing has to go away. Let a person earn a living. I got Tim on the line from, from the ATL. Hey, Tim, you there? I'm here. How you doing there? I'm doing fine, Ray. Well, that, that, that's good, man. I, I, I was talking a little bit about some, some discrimination in this particular case about some age discrimination. Of course, a little earlier, I was talking about Kobe Bryant, too. So I'm sure if you called in, Tim, you probably got a comment about either one or the other. I got a comment about discrimination in general, especially I think there's a discrimination on income. Wow. Let me hear your let me hear your perspective on that. Go ahead, Tim. Well, being in Atlanta, as you know, we had a uh, we had a newfound son in Michael Vick who made a tremendous amount of money in the, in the sport of professional football. And it's amazing when I look at how that whole saga unfolded. How they took a guy with a tremendous amount of income potential who may not have fit the mold of what someone making that kind of money should be and literally drove him below the surface of the earth now I, now that kind of one thing i will say about the amount of money of which michael vick let's say he he had on paper that he was supposed to earn that money and a lot of it he earned but but the fact of the matter is, no business is going to pay you more than they can afford to pay you. I don't think the Atlanta Falcons are up for sale, so it, it looks like it was a pretty good business deal but for both people involved, for the team and for Michael Vick. But you're right. They did drive him, and I'm not sure, and again, you know, I mean, I, my, my dog is dead and gone, and God rest his soul in doggy heaven. But I, I am not one. I do, I do not advocate for dog fighting. But I also believe that, you know, should the, the punishment should fit the crime. And those people out there that are, that are dog lovers, they probably feel that, that the punishment didn't fit the crime. And then there's some of us who feel that the, the punishment was too harsh. So I'm assuming by your comments that you feel that there's no doubt that the punishment was well beyond what the crime was. I, I think, the, one, I think the punishment was well beyond what the, what the crime was. But I also think that the reason that he was attacked so vehemently was because this man, an African-American, was making a tremendous amount of money. While it was on paper, it was still $100 million. And he didn't fit the profile. I mean, you go back and you look at all of the other uh, high-income people that are making tons of money. They're not being attacked because they, they fit a certain profile. Now, most of them... Are older and I think you know you look at a guy like a Michael Vick I think because of yeah did the guy make some mistakes absolutely did they affect the, the security of any one individual for, in terms of a human life I don't think so you look at Bernie Madoff I mean he may be in jail but look at the look at the havoc that he wreaked reaped on Americans men and women of all races and ethnic backgrounds. And quite frankly, while they tried to persecute Bernie Madoff, I think the persecution that Michael Vick went through was much more severe and significant than what Bernie Madoff went through. 
So when you read the blogs about Michael Vick and you compare those to the same blogs that you read about Madoff, is the same, you know, vigor of hatred there when it comes to Madoff? Can you yeah, feel it? I, I can you feel it in those emails? I mean, well, Michael Vick, I, I can feel the hatred when you read those emails. I mean, those those blogs. D- do you feel the same thing when you look at Madoff? I think I think that there was a significant amount of hate for Madoff for what he did. There's no there is no doubt about it. But the severity of what Madoff did compared to what Michael Vick did, I I see no way near the comparison. Okay, so I think here's what I here's what I see the two. There is a direct impact of on lives of which what Bernie Madoff did affected millions of people. But when you look at what happened to Michael Vick, the dogs perhaps maybe belonged to either him or somebody else, and they raised the dogs. So that effect was just felt by them, with the exception of those people that are dog lovers, that the dog doesn't have to belong to them. They just have, you know, an affinity for dogs. So therefore, they feel a connection to the dogs, regardless if they were their dogs or not. Whereas with Madoff, it was very personal because there were people that lost their, their hard-earned, you know, money. Mm-hmm. And so... I could see those people being attached to that. I could see those people being so angry about that. But I, 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 when, you, when you look at what happened with Michael, again, you're right. He was a poster child. I think Bernie Madoff to this day, if, if you were to put his picture up, probably 50% of the people that you put it in front of wouldn't, tell you, wouldn't be able to tell you who he was. Well, let me, let me tell you how I think how deep the hatred for Michael Vick may run. Now, there, there is probably a groundswell of people who would say that they don't think Michael Vick deserves a second chance. So when I talk about the persecution of an individual because of the money that they make, I look at that and I can't help but think that there is no way they want a guy like a, like Michael Vick making that kind of money. And so they went after him very, very aggressively in an attempt to totally destroy the man. Now, I can understand doing a crime... You, you pay the penalty, you move on with life. But literally, I mean, the things that they tried, I mean, the kind of persecution, house arrest, and all of the things he was going through for dogfighting, I'm sure that there are other people that have been convicted. I mean, listen, there are a lot of folks who'd have dog, who do dogfighting, and they don't necessarily fit the profile of Michael Vick, and I don't see any kind of uh, media attention being drawn to that sort of thing. And you find that going on in the backwoods of Arkansas and all sorts of places. Well, Tim, I, I I would think that obviously you're you're in Atlanta, so you've got uh, the, you've had the opportunity to see a lot more coverage than we have here in the Valley, but mm-hmm. we've seen enough of it, and and I agree with you. There's been a lot of attention paid to Michael, and there's been you know a very harsh treatment. But I believe that given the opportunity, I think Michael Vick will be embraced by the NFL when he comes back. I, I got music, so I got to take a break, Tim. I want you to stay there, and we'll get back to this on the other side of this break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'll be right back after this break. Two point eight seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. 
high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I had a good caller there on the line with me, Tim from Atlanta. And, of course, we were talking a little bit about Michael Vick and, and, and all the things that he's he's going through. And, and, and as I left to go into break, Tim, you, you heard me say I, I think that uh, that this country uh, and, and many people will welcome uh, Michael Vick back uh, to the game of football. What do you think about that? Hey Tim, you there? I'm I'm here. Okay. Did you? Uh, I was saying that I I think that as we went to the break, uh, I went into the break saying that in my opinion, I think that uh, Michael Vick will be welcomed, uh, maybe not by the, the vast majority, but Michael Vick will be welcomed back to the National Football League, and I think we will see him again on the field. What do you think about that? Well, I I would like to I would like to think that he that he. He would be welcome back. He made a significant contribution to the sport, as you know. People love uh, love underdogs, and he certainly took Atlanta from an underdog position to a team that was uh, 
certainly to be reckoned with. So I would hope that they would embrace all that he has done uh, to contribute to the sport because I think uh, what he's done outweighs, maybe not significantly, but I do think that it outweighs the crime that he was, he was convicted of. And, you know, uh, you know, one thing, that I'm, I, I, and I'm going to say this because, you know, there, there, I think a lot of times it does come down to race. And, and, and we, as a, as a country, as a world, we really do need to just put that way, way, way behind us. Because I can tell you this of all the years that I played, there was never a time where I went out on the field and I'm on the field consciously thinking about if my teammate next to me, you know, is a white guy or a black guy, I, that's just that just doesn't happen once you're on that field. Now, it's, you know, I will say this sports is, is pretty much like church. <laughs> and that is on Sunday morning, you know, it is some of the most segregated places you will find in, in the world are churches. You know, and, and, and football and basketball and baseball, you'll find out many times, too, that once the game is over in the locker room, that the white guys may go one direction, the black guys may go another direction, Hispanic guys may go another direction. So it, 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 it does exist, but there comes a time where for at least 60 minutes, three hours perhaps maybe in real time, that there is this one team of which is willing to sacrifice whatever it takes for the common goal of winning. And if we can just bottle that up and sell that, you know, that would be, you know, you know the greatest gift that we ever received besides life itself. Uh -huh. uh, but we but we need to move beyond that because, I, I, you know, let's be honest, and this, this is a, a racial issue, but once Michael was on that team and he's playing for the Atlanta Falcons, the fans of the Atlanta Falcons, the majority of them, will not care about what he did the other day. I mean, like somebody, shout out to Kwame Lassiter. I heard Kwame's show say earlier, Kwame said that he's been on a team with some people that have committed homicides before. So, you know, let's, let's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's forgive him. He served his time, and, and let's, let's move on now. And I want to move on because I, 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 there was a point of which, before you hang up, I want to see if you would take the time to address it with me also, is this age discrimination in basketball. Now, I, I've got a bone to pick with somebody out there, you know, about the fact that there is a systematic way to go about change. So systematically, I want to help, you know, support this change that needs to be made. And what's your opinion about the NFL, NBA is about to have their draft, and there are some young men who perhaps they were coming out of high school that have enough talent to be gainfully employed by the NBA but because they're not 19 years old you know, or haven't been one year out of high school, they can't play in the NBA. Do you think that's right? No, I, I, don't, I don't think it's right. I, I think that any, any NFL or any pro sport, if you have the ability to play that sport at a professional level at that age, then you are truly gifted and an exception to the rule. But Tim, uh, and I think how, I said, how else can you allow an eleven-year-old to go to college? Why would you allow an eleven-year-old to go to college? Knowing that colleges are always in and around places like drinking institutions and all sorts of things. But when you tell somebody that because you're an exception to the rule and have that kind of ability, you can't go play pro ball. 
And I agree with you. Not only does it happen with colleges and universities, it also happens in Hollywood. But why isn't that the rule in baseball? I'm, I am with you 100%. I think we're on the same page here, and, and I am agreeing with you. Now I'd like to dig a little bit deep further. Why do you think the rule exists? Well, you know, I, I think the rule exists because, one, I, I think that institutionally they're trying to make a – they're trying to send a message that our young African-American youth need to do a much better job of – educating themselves rather than chasing the pipe dream of being a professional player. And so the way to do that is to, to make sure that they can reach an age that they say should be old enough to make their own decisions. Now, I can understand the, the reasoning for football. That is such a contact sport. Your body is not developed to the point where you can withstand the pressures of, a, of the NFL career. I mean, you play ball, Ray. Think about when you were, when you were in your senior year in high school, and the level of play and how different it was when you got to do it, Division One, and then when you went to the NFL. Those were gigantic steps, weren't they? Oh, there's no doubt about it, and I, I agree with you. You know, because it's like I, I say this to, to many young men who who find themselves in a position where they are athletically gifted. Uh, and they come out of junior high school as eighth graders, and they find themselves on a varsity football team. And and I have to when I when I share with them in terms of trying to get them prepared for the experience, I let them know you know you're about to start dealing with some damn near grown ass men who are about to go into a college and university and step on that field, and that next year they will be freshmen starting on a college team and yet and still they're going to be playing against you and the last time you were hit you were hit by an eighth grader and you're about to be hit by somebody who was about to go into you know college football and so they may take so you may not not only may your body not be ready for that but mentally you have to be prepared for that see basketball is not a it's not let's say this it's not a collision sport. It may be a contact sport, but it ain't. It's not a collision sport. You know, very few times is somebody hitting you in basketball and knocking you out. <laughs> that's just that's not happening in in basketball. So so I agree with you. But but let me let me go over to the institutional perspective that you have on this, Tim. And I want to look at the institutional perspective because I'm looking at it from a different angle. And I understand perhaps maybe the preparation. Uh, of, you know, bringing you from one environment and preparing you for another one, um, both, let's say, from a maturity perspective and even in terms of just uh, some education you may receive at the university, although one year you're only going to get so much of that education, uh, just, you know, becoming acclimated with a lifestyle that's so much different than what you've lived because, College is not quite like the pros, but you're treated very well, and, and you have to adapt to that. But let's talk about the business side of it. Do, do you, what about the revenue that's missed when you take the greatest basketball players out of a college system and you let them just pass by the colleges and universities and take them directly into the pros? Don't you think that's an issue, too? <laughs> you know, you, you've, you've, you've hit a note. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I mean, listen, make no mistake about it. They may tell you that college is not a business, but go ask any booster, anybody in the alumni who has any businesses associated with that institution of higher learning, and I guarantee you, even the lowest paid one is making a heck of a lot more money than any one of those student athletes. Now, you, you, you said something that's very key. You said business, but then you said student-athlete. And I can tell you as one who's been recruited by a university, a major university, the Ohio State University, and many more. See, this is the problem that I have. See, many people want to say to athletes that it's a privilege for you to play at these major institutions, and it's a privilege for you to play professional football. Professional football is different, and here's the difference I'm going to make to you. Professional football, with the exception of when you become a free agent, you are drafted. You don't have a choice where you're going to be employed at. You know what happens in college football? Yeah, it's a privilege, but guess what? You didn't choose me. I chose you because in college football and basketball and baseball, young men and young women that play sports, they have the option of choosing where they want to go. So let's take it away from it just being a one-side thing where it's just such a privilege for you to play for that university when, in fact, it's a privilege for that university to have you there playing for them because you chose them. And let's be open with them. You said a business. Now, when are colleges and universities going to reveal the fact that it is a business? Because in the recruiting process and throughout your association with the university, as an athlete, current or former, business should not be a part of the dialogue that you have with that university in your experience as a student athlete or a former student athlete. But it's very prevalent and everybody else knows it, but the athletes are supposed to put blinders on and be dummies. Well, you know, as I said, and I've seen it time and time again, Ray, you go to these universities, and I'll, I'll take, for example, the University of, of Georgia. That hey, is Tim, I hate to cut you off. I want to finish that. University of Georgia, we've got to do it on the other side of break, because whenever I get music here at Rail of Sports, we've got to take a break. As I said, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Give me time to go through this break and come back on the other side. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Okay, I'm back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And uh, I've been having a great conversation. I got a call from Tim in Atlanta, and, and we've just been going back and forth here. And, and we've kind of got stuck on a subject of which... I think I want to close uh, the show out with this subject because it's just really important to me because I'm working on a couple things that systematically I'm trying to get changed. And one of them is I'm going to continue to support the guy in Philadelphia, although I forgot his name. I'm having a football moment. I've been hitting my head too many times. Uh, I did risk something. Uh, That's a shout-out to Mr. Kraft who says that football players – don't share in any of the risk, uh, but I, I forget things every now and then. But there's a gentleman out in Philadelphia who lost his job because of something he posted on his Facebook account, which is the way of which uh, one of the ways of which they're going to make a whole lot of more money. And uh, but yet and still they're going to fire people for taking advantage of it, particularly if you're an employee and you say something like, you know, wow, I hate that they got rid of, you know, Brian Dawkins. That was a dumb move. Yeah, that'll cost you your job. So. Shout out to that young man. I hope he gets his job back. But then also, I'm trying to go about assisting with a systematic change of getting uh, young men the opportunity to earn a living uh, based upon uh, a God-given talent that they uh, were born with. And they worked hard, very hard, uh, to, uh, uh, to that talent, to move that talent to a professional level of which it has value, of which one is willing to pay to see um, but there's a system in place that prevents them from actually being paid for that. Uh, instead, instead, they have to go through a system that's in place which says you first have to go here uh, so we can make some money off of you and you not make any money. Uh, because actually when a person goes through college for one year and, uh, you know, actually goes through, as a matter of fact, let me say this. 
that person actually doesn't even go through college for one year. That person, if you're at The Ohio State University, you enroll in classes in the fall. Before the fall is over with, uh, you uh, are playing basketball because there's a fall quarter, uh, uh, and then all of a sudden it's time for a winter quarter, uh, but you started playing basketball by, I would say, you're practicing by October, you're playing by November, and then when it's over with, when the season's over with, uh, you've been in school fall quarter, winter quarter, and spring quarter. You probably don't even have to enroll because you've now made yourself eligible for the draft. Two years of college is not going to get you a college degree. So, Tim, if you're still there, we were talking about these universities and how these y- young men systematically are directed to go to these universities in order to continue uh, to help them build their business. But yet and still, it's not a, it's not a business uh, to the student athlete. And, and you had, you know, made some great comments about that, about the people who are affiliated with these colleges and universities from a business perspective. They're well aware of the fact that, that it is a business and, and, a, and a money-making machine. Uh, do you think these young men should have to wait uh, to be employed at the professional level when they have the skills to do it? I, I think, Ray, that there's, there's, two, there's two perspectives on it. One is that if you have the ability to earn a significant amount of money very early in life, I think you almost owe it to yourself to take advantage of that opportunity. Because if you don't, here are the choices. You can go to college, earn somebody a significant amount of money, you can get hurt, and you can walk away with a big goose egg, which means nothing. So there's risks involved. But you can also not go to school, go directly to the pros, get hurt, and not have the ability to earn an income because you don't have the education. So it's a double-edged sword. But at the end of the day, there are people that make significant amounts of money through the collegiate sports business. And I'll call that a business. Whether you have a hotel, a restaurant, a bar, or any kind of, of a business that thrives on people coming and going, I think it's a great opportunity for people to make money if you have a business that can take advantage of college sports. And those but are, it, should, it, shouldn't enter, it shouldn't have a, a significant weight, though, on the decision of a gifted person who has the ability to go right to the pros and make a significant amount of money. Well, as, as you mentioned, those vertical businesses of which uh, benefit from, from these student-athletes uh, who are part of these games, uh, I, I would care to think that they have an interest in being sure that these student-athletes don't get away and go directly to the pros because that would affect their earning capacity because now all of a sudden the building isn't sold out, the hotel rooms perhaps maybe aren't booked up, uh, maybe the jerseys aren't selling as, as well, uh, even the TV contracts. So are we going to get past this? Is, is, there, is there so much, and I'm going to call it a collusion between uh, all of these various entities that they're going to be able to stop, you know, the United States government from, from saying that these young men have a right to go to work? Well, here's, a, here's an inside joke, Ray, that people talk about around the water cooler. At some point in time, they're going to increase 
the years of eligibility <laughs> so that they can stay in college longer and make more money. <laughs> wow. Wow. Now, listen, if you've got to stay in college longer than the normal allotted time to finish your degree, then you're probably not at an intellectual level that's going to give you the ability to make a significant amount of income in a profession other than sports. So what does that say to you? Well, Tim, wait, 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 hold on. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you because I know there's some people, there, there are a lot of people that takes them for whatever reasons other than the fact that uh, they don't have the skill sets, uh, you know, intellectually to get their degree. There's other reasons why it takes people a long time to get their degrees. That's true. But here's, here's my perspective on it, Ray. I think that the longer they can have a big-time co- college sports program, well, I got you. the longer they can stay there, yeah. the better that program is, the more money's made as a vertical business attached to the university system. Yeah, and I, I, and I certainly understand uh, when, you, when you paint that picture the way you just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so if, if you look at it, I mean, one thing about it, I, I remember I was not happy uh, when Ohio State lost the national championship. Those, I mean, we lost the basketball and the football to Florida, you know. And, but what I wasn't, really wasn't happy about the basketball team losing uh, was because of the fact we lost, I think, three or four of the basketball players to the NBA, and it was just their freshman year. Now, I wanted them to stay, but in reality, had the system not be in place the way it was, I think that was the first class of young men or maybe the second class of young men where they had to go to college. Otherwise, they would have been in pros anyway. You know, at least three of those guys we went directly from high school, two or three of them, uh, you know, maybe uh, Conley and, and, and maybe Odom would have gone directly from high school to pros. Mm-hmm. But because of the system being in place the way it is, these young men had to go to the university. And, and I would be surprised if I were a basketball coach. I'm not so sure as a basketball coach that I like the system the way it is because who in the hell wants to rebuild your program every year? Well, let me, let me ask you this question, then, Ray. This is, this is kind of interesting. When you think about coaches, by way of example, do you think they coach because they love the sport or because they love the money? Well, you know, I, I will say this. Because I'm old enough to have known to have played for a man that loved the sport. But he wasn't making the money they're making today. That's exactly right. And, and, no. even, and even then, when he left the game, uh, someone else came in. And I, I, I see. I witnessed this. I witnessed somebody I think cared more about the money than the sport. And then I also played for a guy who cared more about the sport than the money. Tim, we got music, man. Well, you know what that means. I gotta go. This is entirely too short. I've been enjoying this show, and I enjoy every show. I hope you do too. Listen, guys. Whenever I hear that music at this point in time, I gotta do something that I always do. I gotta say to you, hey, I gotta go. So as always. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.